This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow! Did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus. dot com slash acast and use code acast for twenty percent off your first purchase. Friend of mine, Ashfro, is from New Brunswick, right? And so he was looking at his local news today in, in New Brunswick, and apparently a, a man and a woman robbed an RBC bank today, right? And they got caught by the police when they pulled into the Tim Hortons drive-through. <laughs> <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to episode 181 of the More Than Just Code podcast. My name is Dimitri and I am in Toronto, Ontario, and I'm talking to Jaime Lopez Jr. from Seattle, Washington. How's it going? And we also have Mark Rubin from San Jose, California. Hello. Alrighty. So we have a couple of quickies here for the um, our Ask MTJC, and, and some of them qualify as Ask MTJC and some don't, but I put them in here anyway. So um, first one was, I, I posted on Twitter, I keep getting these these emails about uh, Reporter, I got here in my, twi- in my tweet, Reporter. Um, I keep getting these emails from Apple about my my access token to Reporter is going to expire and I should renew it and whatever. So I, I posted a question to one of the Slacks and didn't get an answer, but I posted it also to iTunes and somebody explained to me that um, it yeah it allows you to use replace username and password when logging into iTunes Connect reporting. But Reporter itself is a command line tool, so you know um, my point is that I don't get that many sales to really warrant even caring about the download of the. Report. So I don't know. Do you guys use a reporter at all? I do not. I haven't, yeah. but I haven't also been in like a role that would require that. And I see your point about like wanting that CSV style sort of uh, download is not necessary when you could sort of eyeball what your your stuff is looking like. Oh, look, I had zero sales this week. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I suppose if you're if you have you know tens of thousands of downloads, you know uh, you, you might and you have like you know reporting like there's tax implica- implications and stuff like that, right? You have to report all that kind of 
of stuff as well. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. if you have a number of sales, it might make a difference, right? And you might want to import it into some other accounting tool or something like that, right? Yeah, or even run like a pivot table, pivot chart type stuff um, just to sort mm-hmm. of see how your suite of apps is doing as an example. Right, what's what's pivot table? Is that a That's tool? a, I might be using the wrong term because it, it, like Microsoft Excel was really good at that where you could take data oh, okay, and yeah. slice and yeah, dice it charts, in a million different yeah. ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We do that with our podcast apps. I make a little chart and go, look, it's climbing. Oh, look, it dipped. That kind of stuff, yeah. Um, so uh, I got a question here. This is actually from my, from the forum, uh, for, uh, one of the readers on our forum posts um, on the article that I wrote about uh, Face ID and Touch ID for Ray Wunderlich. Um He's asking, he's taken my, I made a little application. I made it years ago and, it, you know, where you basically got the master table view and it clicks to, it clicks to a detail view. Um, and uh, so, and to, to secure it, if you will, I basically make a login view controller and I use um, uh, some uh, some unwind, some segues to basically show the login screen when you're coming back from if you go away from the app and come back to it. I want you to log back in again and that kind of stuff, right? So this uh, um, writer Mike McGuire has asked me on Twitter: um, Has anybody ever written a model view controller that uses two unwind segues that go to two different view controllers? And I think the answer to that is yes, right? Um, what do you think, Mark? I know you're, you've used unwind segues. Not only before. have I done it, but I in fact have done it today, as a matter of fact. Well, there you go. Uh, yes, right. very much so. I think so, he means modal, not model. I think he just misspelled that. Uh, oh, perhaps. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, like my modal view control. Yeah, because my my login view controller is a modal screen. Um, yeah. So, how can you give us some detail on that? Yeah. So, I have a table view controller that, when you select one of the cells, takes you to a detail controller uh, that depends on being connected to something. Um, I want to can't go into too much detail there. And if you're not connected, or if some other things happen, uh, then it pops up a, another not full screen modal that uses a presentation controller to get kind of a you know a a, uh, a thing that looks like a alert like view, an alert or but, something but a yeah. custom one uh, and in some cases I want to go back to the detail controller but in some cases I, I just want to go all the way back to the table view controller because there's nothing you can do on the detail controller in that situation right. so yeah. so yeah so it's it's very simple to do you just have in your first well in in each of your control your your two view controllers in my case the table view controller and then the detail controller in each one you have a different IB action unwind method set up uh, and then in the final uh, presentation controller in my case the the, the modal uh, you just unwind to either one and it works perfectly so this is like a button or like a like a or you're talking about when you close the window kind of thing uh, so when the final modal shows up the present the one that's handled by the presentation controller there is a button on there that when you tap the button it either it goes back to either the detail controller or the table view controller well you know you always put the you always put the unwind segue both of the unwind segues you actually put on the modal con, uh, view controller the, the one that's presented handled by the presentation controller but you choose to go back to the two different IB actions when you wire it up right yeah. so you know you drag from the uh, exit button over to the you know to the self button uh, and it, it gives a, a list of all the possible unwind segues ways based on what's in the view hierarchy or the upstream in the view hierarchy. And then you can choose each one. And since you've set different ones in the original view controller and the detail view controller, you can choose both of them to make two separate unwind segues, give them different names, and then just call whichever one you want. Right. Yeah. Hmm. So trigger by name and that's how it ends up finding the connection. Yes. Okay. Got it. Right. Right. Cool. All right. And then uh, last week we were talking about, I guess two weeks ago, we were talking about uh, self-parking cars uh, or we're talking about, you know, 
the GM car that was coming out with a, without a steering wheel. And, and so um, Alan Edmonds asked us about um, last week about parking or, or parking in general, like in difficult places. And uh, Greg and I were talking about the fact we already have self par- self parking cars today. Um, but I think Alan was asking more about specifically difficult places to park. And like, so I, I sent him a picture of a road in San Francisco, which you're probably familiar with, Mark, where you you par- you you park perpendicular to the road on an angle because the the road is so steep. And mm-hmm. I remember I was telling the guys last week I went to a restaurant with a friend of mine um, in San Francisco, and we had to park that way. And and you're you're at such a steep angle, you you're almost going to fall out of the car when you get out of it, yeah. right? Uh, they're very difficult to park in those under those circumstances, right? So um, that's what we were talking about. Parallel parking is even harder in some of those situations. Right? Yeah, because you're you're your body's thrown off yeah. the weight of the car throws you off right yeah yeah, yeah. so interesting stuff so yeah hopefully i i think we're um i wasn't sure if Alan was was wondering because i was sort of saying that you know i kind of want a steering wheel in some cases um for those kind of things but like as greg said we may be thinking about it with our current uh current knowledge base or current uh current experience you know as opposed to where we'll be in five or ten years right or even next year if we buy one of these cars <laughs> so tim yeah. you're kind of hand waving the fact that uh alan points out that i was closer in my interpretation in oh, his sorry, original I thinking. That? It wasn't like the difficulty in the sort of like the skill level of parking, which I agree, parking on an incline such as the one you've linked here for, in the show notes for those of you driving at home, um, that looks difficult. It was more like, what if you're parking in something that's not intended to be a parking spot is how I interpret Oh, like a like grass. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and in his case, he oh, talks I about follow you. Okay. unusual yeah. needs. Like, look, it's in my garage. That's nothing unusual about that. But you might park more to like, one side or an angle to make more room to access things stored in there. So not just straight in and, and keep going until you hit the little rubber tennis ball sort of thing. Yeah, I have friends who uh, family members who have like small tight garages and with lots of stuff in them, right? In fact, my car has never seen the inside of my garage. There's so much stuff in there. Um, but yeah, I get that. You know, parking in unconventional things. I didn't I didn't follow you last week when you were talking about that, but that makes sense now, yeah. You, know, you sort of just got to tell it, hey, this is good enough. I, w- I was joking last week about the, the fact that you would get out of your car and tell it to go park and it would go off and find a spot to park right you know which is a possibility who knows <laughs> parks itself right in the middle of the freeway or something well, like, you know? like the batmobile does i'm sure i'm pretty sure it was in the adam west batmobile thing where he you know, pushed a button on his bat belt and the car came to him you know this kind of thing you know one time alfred had to dress up as batman to go and rescue him but with the glasses over top of the the, the cowl and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> right. but, yeah but still uh you know like i'm pretty sure that the, that batman back then had a self-driving car that would come get him and go off go park Go park yourself. All right. Anywho, let's move on. Let's uh, let's look at some follow up. And so, Jaime, you got something here for us to follow up on? Yeah, and I thought this one was especially for you, Tim, because I know that you do the like family organization type thing with, right. with uh-huh. Apple IDs. And apparently, the iPhone 10 had some sort of weird issue where it could not be used, like Face ID, could not be used to authorize purchases, even though in other devices right. you could use Touch ID. And that that seemed like a weird omission, and it felt to me like a bug. Um, and this Ars Technica Ars claims that in the iOS 11.3 beta, they fixed that bug. And you, you still got to enter in like your um, your passcode or password, I guess, for the first time. But then you can give an option to say, yes, please use Face ID for all future purchases that I need to authorize. Right. Yeah. No, because it's kind of goofy what happens. And I, I, this is, you're right. This is the thing that I found annoying about the iPhone 10 is that whenever you go to buy something and it comes back to what Wozniak was saying, did we talk about that already? Talked about it before. Not as far as, uh, the, not as, far as the listeners of this show, unless you put that in well, the pre- We'll talk about it again, but we'll talk about it again. But what, you know, when you buy something from,
from uh, the Apple Store, you have to you have to double click the home button to to authorize the purchase for some, and then it does a Face ID scan, which kind of seems dumb. I guess I guess the double tap of the home button is to confirm your intent your intention to buy the thing because I guess Face ID is so happens so quickly that you could accidentally look at something and buy it, right? Um, but I I don't I don't think I rec- I don't think I ever set up Touch ID to like to automatically touch. Are you, I, yeah, sorry, I guess you you confirm the payment by by using Touch ID in the case of a phone that doesn't have Face ID, right? Is that correct? Yes, I got to parse what you said. Yes, I think that's correct. So if it's a every other device except the iPhone 10, you would use Touch ID in the home button as opposed to right the combination of um, double, double clicking. I think they say double clicking on the on the actual right. prompt, double clicking the side button, the like Siri sleep wake button, and then right. it triggers the Face ID check. Right. So, Mark, can you tell our fans again about what you were just telling us about Wozniak and and what he doesn't like about the phone? Yeah, there was an article that says Woz doesn't like the phone because exactly because of that uh, that button, uh, the power Siri button, whatever it's, whatever the actual name is, uh, because it does too many things, depending on how you hold it down or how many times you click it, uh, it can either do, you know, all the, it can either do, uh, you know, trigger the face ID, like you said, or, or do Siri or all sorts of different things. Well, Waz says he likes things to be simple and this is not simple. So he doesn't like the iPhone 10. I think I must have agreed with him on that because a lot, a lot of times, like, you know, when I used to use the power button, I still do that to like, when I'm done using my phone and I want to put it back in my pocket, I just push the button I want to go to sleep and, and put it in my pocket, right? Um, a lot of times I find that I end up calling Siri instead of putting it to sleep, right? Mm-hmm. I guess because I linger just that little bit too long. And then another weird thing that I, I listen to a lot of podcasts and music stuff like that when I'm walking to, to work, right? And uh, so I'll, I'll set the thing to play. And I've noticed sometimes when I put my phone in my pocket, it stops playing. And I couldn't figure that out. I think one of the updates fixed that, but it, it seemed to be doing it again the other day, right? So I'm not sure if the screen is lighting up and just sort of like maybe I'm touching it as I put it into my pocket or whatever, but and I have to take it back out again, like an animal, and push play again to get it to play, right? So, or I could use my Apple Watch to play, but but still, it's cold up here and we're all covered up, right? So it's kind of an annoying thing, but uh, but I do find that the the, the sleep wake button, I think, is what we used to call it. So maybe that's what we still call it. I don't know. It might actually have um, a different button. I'd have to I'd have to pull out the like the little sheet, the little starter sheet you get when you have the phone. Well, I have I have the iBook. I got it a little while ago, so I'll look it up while we're talking. But yeah, um, I just find that yeah, it. it it has, I guess it's a multi-function button now or whatever, right? So who knows? Yeah, I, I can see what Waz is saying in that that one button has a lot of different states, but that was true of the home button um, for like, let's say the iPhone 7 Plus, because um, that's like the one I had, the, the phone I had prior to this. It also had a lot of states of like, you know, I could use it for Touch ID, I could press the button and it will go home, I can hold it for a long period of time, it'll trigger Siri, I can lightly double tap and it will do the uh, reachability gesture so it's not it's not unique to the 10 although i could see how it, it would be kind of confusing because it certainly was for me i had to relearn some things like how the heck do i take a screenshot oh is it whatever the button name is that tim's looking up and the volume button oh okay that that doesn't necessarily make sense but i'm like all right instead of what I used to do, just, you know, turn it 90 degree angle and just remember to do that instead until it became a natural action. I don't even think about it anymore. So I'm not, right, right. I'm not saying that, that he's, he's uh, wrong because I, I think he's absolutely right. Like we need to do something as an industry around adding a lot of power and capability.
capability while at the same time maintaining uh, simplicity. Because I I do feel like the iPhone 10, um, it, it feels like it's a more like advanced user sort of thing. Like if this was your first smartphone, um, you would probably be rather confused by a lot of what it does. But if you've been using iPhones or I guess smartphones in general for you know the last several years, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, whatever. This is the part that's slightly different. I'm, I've done this before sort of thing. I think if I was brand new coming into it, it'd be way more like my head would explode. Right. So looking at the the iBook on the iPhone, the iPhone user guide, and there's a section here for the iPhone 10. Um, it's called the side button officially. <laughs> yeah, It is and literally so, on the side, but it is not the so, only side button, which is... Yeah, but it, but it's actually the right side button, not just the side button. And so so here's what you can do. If you press and hold, it will, it will uh, it's equivalent to saying, hey, Siri. In other words, it'll open up Siri. Um, if you double tap, it's for app, use for Apple Pay. Triple tap is for using the accessibility shortcut. To take a screenshot, you hold simultaneously press the side button and the power up, volume up button, sorry. Uh, to make an emergency SOS call, except India, you simultaneously hold either the volume up or volume down and the side button, simultaneously hold those. Um, and in India, you triple click the um, <laughs> the side button to make an SOS call. So that makes totally no sense whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And if you want to turn it off to simultaneously press and hold the side button and either the volume buttons until the sliders appear to say, and then you drag, you slide it off. But of course, it's a lot easier just to go into settings general and to say choose shut down. But oh, and then there's a force restart, which is an this is an interesting one. I had to do this the other day when I was on the on the phone with Apple. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. But to force shut it down, it's like a it's like press and hold either the volume button and the side button and then you switch to the switch to the volume buttons whichever one you're pushing and until you see the apple logo appear it's kind of, it's very sort of unintuitive but i guess that was intentional right <laughs> yes yeah, so the side button you know has what does way too many things right so well let's not forget that uh the mac has been shipping with a single button mouse for many many years while the rest of the world has three button mouses nice it's true yeah but we've had we've had the two finger touch you know ever since we've had the ability to use two fingers like a left and right click or contextual click is what we call a right click. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. yeah, and the home button, the home button on the phone did, did does different things too. Like you could do reachability, you could call Siri with it, you could, you know, go home and use it for touch ID. What are we complaining about? I mean, the, first of all problems. The alternative, so the, the, like, the design we have is very visually elegant right now, right? There are only three physical buttons on the exterior of this iPhone 10. But if we said, hmm, what if we made it so it was really obvious what each button function is, we could have a separate Siri button, a separate pay button, a separate SOS button, and we have like 10 buttons on the side of this thing. But it would be really obvious, right? Like it'd be very visually unpleasing, but it would be very clear as to which one you're supposed to use. Sure, you might as well just go ahead and put a keyboard on the thing while you're at it. <laughs> so we've, we've recreated like a Blackberry. That's <laughs> what we, what we <laughs> exactly, eventually yeah. do. Or an Ocarina, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you could write the Ocarina app by just pressing all the different buttons on the side, right? Yep. Anyway, that's fun. Mark, you have something here on Bitcoin? Yeah. Uh, you know, just in case you didn't have enough ways to buy Bitcoins, if you really want to, uh, the Square Cash app now allows you to buy, buy Bitcoins right through the app. Whether whether this is a good thing or not, I don't know. So I've, I, I find there's lots of ways to buy Bitcoin, but very few ways to sell Bitcoin. Have you guys got into Bitcoin at all? 
I haven't gotten into cryptocurrencies. I do. And I, I was even going to ask Mark, like, is this Bitcoin or Bitcoin Cash? Because I'm very confused since the name Square Cash is already yeah, thrown BTC, around multiple yeah, times in this yeah. article. Um, uh, for those wondering, if, if, if I'm correct, I think Bitcoin Cash was a hard fork based on some sort of disagreement on how to um, make some sort of architectural change to how the blockchain was working for Bitcoin in order to make processing more efficient or, or add a, a larger number of transactions that were possible, something similar? It's a good question. I haven't actually used the app, uh, full, uh, full uh, admission there, uh, full disclosure. But uh, looking at the article, it says Square CEO Jack Dorsey says Cash, which is the name of the app, added Bitcoin trading because the company sees Bitcoin as a long-term path towards greater financial access for all. So it looks like you can actually buy real Bitcoin through the app or solve them. Right, right. Original Bitcoins because there's, yeah. I see. So it looks like BTC is the shortcut for yeah, Bitcoin. Bitcoin. Cash, right. And Bitcoin Cash is BCH. Okay. Oh, is it? Yeah, right. Yeah. According mm. to this NASDAQ article. Yeah, I think I told you guys back back in August, somebody gave me 0. 0.000014 of Bitcoin Cash to just as an incentive to sign up to, to the site and learn about this stuff. It's now worth three cents. Wow. <laughs> Are you ready to retire gone. then, Wait Tim? a bit. No, not yet. Not yet. No. <laughs> we're going to let it ride for a little while longer. Yeah. But yeah, I think we were also talking about that too. The, uh, the um, yeah, we were talking about Ethereum. So I bought some Ethereum and it's, uh, what did I buy? I bought $20 in Ethereum and it's, it's now worth $73. Because that was back in August, we were talking about that, right? And then uh, my wallet, I think I bought, yeah, so, yeah, I bought $50 worth of uh, Bitcoin and it's worth $97 now, so. We'll let, we'll keep an eye on that one and report back. You know, <laughs> yeah, we having, can't fund the podcast on Bitcoin yet. Let's put it that way. Having these larger providers give sort of um, easier methods in which to deal with these sorts of things is, I think, generally good for cryptocurrency as a whole because it's not exactly intuitive or obvious as to how you're going to you know set up a cryptocurrency wallet and, and do all the sort of safety things. So, uh, of course, you do lose some of mm-hmm. the I don't know Wild West and, and sort of cowboy individual sort of aspects of, of going the route of like using Square as an example here, uh, Square Cash. Mm-hmm. But I think for most people, that's not really what you, you want, right? You want something that's just as easy as using, I don't know, Apple Pay, for example. Yeah. Um, yep. And that's a little bit separate from like cryptocurrency as a whole, because I've been, I mean, again, <laughs> we are not financial planners or CPAs or any other sorts of legal thing. So our, our advice isn't isn't uh, for anything other than entertainment purposes only. But I've been sort of considering like, well, let's look at what's his name. I think it was 50 Cent. Don't quote me. Mm-hmm. It was one. It was a rapper, probably like 50 Cent of that era, where he suddenly realized that he, he was he had tons, like a, several millions of dollars, because at some point he put a digital album out there and he accepted Bitcoin, and it was really low. And I think it was like 600 dollars worth of Bitcoins or something at that time. And now it's worth millions of dollars, mm-hmm. right? Like th- these sorts of things right now feel more like speculative assets than they do sort of normal transactional currency. So Absolutely. I have been wondering. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I've have been wondering about like, well, how is it any different than playing like the Washington State lottery where, you know, maybe I'll put $10 in this coin, $10 in that coin, $10 in other coin, assume that they'll likely be worth absolutely nothing. But it's like buying a lottery ticket where I sort of get the benefit of like, yeah, well, totally. I have the, the dream that like it might be, you know, maybe this XYZ coin will go huge and it'll go a thousand X and that $10 becomes, you know, 10 times a thousand. I don't know. I'm not saying people should like, you know, take out a nugget of mortgage on your house or anything. I, that's, that's, that's crazy. Um, yeah, I mean, but, if, if you're doing it for fun and and you don't need that money, 
for something else, then yeah, sure, why not? Uh, just just like playing the lottery, if you buy a dollar lottery ticket for fun, great. Uh, as long as you're not uh, depending on that money for anything, you're you're fine. Yeah, no, it's yeah. not a retirement plan. It's not right. a uh, last desperate gasp. Sort yeah, it's of not plan. a get rich quick right. thing either. No, it's just a, just a, you know throwing around money, like you say. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, but I'll be honest with you though. Um, I have looked at a few of these these currency traders, right? So, I mean, I'm using Coinbase, which fortunately turned out to be one of the better apps to be using because they seem to be reliable. But I'd put more faith in somebody like Square, which is the point of, of your post here, um, to you know, to back it up, right? Like, you know, PayPal, Square. Um, what's the other one? Um, sounds like Square, but not Square. Um, but oh, Stripe is it? Stripe I'm thinking of. Um, it comes up, you know, but they're, they're they're more of like a business to business sort of thing. And mortar, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, Square and and, and those kind of guys, the ones that have been uh, been around for Venmo, is that another one you guys use in the states? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, people that that have an, a, a established reputation as honest guys, right, or honest companies, somewhat honest companies. Um, I'd put more stock in buying through them than I do through these other companies that just like there's tons of sites out there where you can buy Bitcoin and you can make a wallet over here. And there was what a hack 18 months ago where people lost all their wallets and all that kind of stuff, right? So yeah, and that's true because uh, even if we even if we say all right, there's no malfeasance going on, which has happened in this uh, part of the industry. Um, there's a, a competent aspect that you're, you're you're getting at, right? We're like, look, Square's been in the business. They've they've done financial transactions for a long time. They they know what they're doing. They know how to protect themselves, and they've got the um, the pocketbook to mitigate any sort of risks that end up coming up, any holes that happen. Um, some random startup that came out of nowhere, well, they might be doing really well and they might be doing their best, but maybe they yeah. mess up somewhere really critically. Uh, and we have seen that with some of the uh, Bitcoin exchanges that, that went belly, mm-hmm. several of them went belly up and lost everybody's money. Um, and, and, yeah. and not all of those cases were, oh, well, somebody was dastardly. Some cases were like, oh, uh, it turns out there was a design problem and somebody ran a, a what do they call it, a replay attack where they were just like repeatedly pulling out money while the system had still had not reconciled the fact that you know that that one dollar was was already gone and accounted for mm-hmm. but don't assume that just because more reputable names are involved in this that the value will stay what it is i mean it's just like you know if you buy a stock using one of the well-established brokers you know fidelity or or, or something like that uh compared to some you know no name discount broker uh the stock has just as much chance of going down when you use the the, the reputable broker as a non-reputable broker same with bitcoin i mean it's it's just because you buy it from using uh, 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 Square. Square, yeah, thank you. Uh, doesn't mean that the value is not going to collapse overnight, which it, it could easily do. Yeah, and right. I'm not, not not talking about the value of the, of the, oh, the I know. currency. I'm just, I'm, just, I'm talking about how secure and confident I have in the people who are sure. managing Square. I, I'm just know? throwing that out for anyone listening who. Oh yeah, who yeah. Knows. Again, I think Jaime already said that we're not we're not stockbrokers yep. or yep. financial planners or consult your own financial planner, please, folks. <laughs> yeah, and if it's sobering, I mean, we were talking about. Bitcoin to US dollars exchanging at what, like 19,000 within I don't know, yeah. two or three episodes ago. And here it is as of today, 12, sitting yeah. at 10,000. Yeah. So mm-hmm. still, still a lot, but boy, oh boy, you lost almost half your value right there. Yeah. Yep. And that was like, yeah, just like a couple of weeks ago, right? Yep. Yeah. I mean, if, if you're out there binging this, this series, like before, if you started at breakfast before lunch, you heard us talk about 19,000 and 10,000. So yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the thing about this too, like for me, like being in Canada, like a lot of these companies are 
or you know either U.S. or or U.K. Um, money handlers, right? They don't they don't have a way to put the money back into my accounts. Is what I'm one of the challenges I have with it right now, right? Because they don't have agreements with the Canadian banks. Canadian banks tend to be cautious, you know. But it's interesting though that this whole blockchain thing is supposed to be, um, you know, the whole idea of it's um, what's it the money like money money traditionally is based on the amount of gold you have in your reserves but in the case but that's all sort of out the window too but the idea behind blockchain is that we're all that like this distributed what do you call it distributed network where it's validating across multiple locations the value of the coin is that right well so yeah so at least in the u.s i'm not sure about canada uh yeah. money is hasn't been based on gold for a long time yeah a long time yeah and really it's it's based on not much else other than the, the u.s government and and everyone around the world's believing that it has the value that it has uh and the same is kind of true with blockchain i mean well again blockchain is a is a technology and bitcoin yeah. is the actual currency so the bitcoin currency and the other cryptocurrencies use blockchain the blockchain technology uh so the, the blockchain technology has nothing to do with the value of the bitcoins it's just it's the you know it's it's like it, the equivalent is it's it's the paper that that money is right i mean that's sort of a loose analogy but um uh, yeah i mean the reason that bitcoin has value is because it's there's a free market people are willing to pay that much for it people want it so it so it has value not much more to it than that yeah i think to cool. paraphrase uh varus a character from game of thrones uh power resides where people believe it resides yeah i think the same is true for value <laughs> of, of things like currency yep and is he still alive i can't remember That's well no spoilers <laughs> no spoilers for, for that i but uh at some point he says that in the series is he littlefinger or is that a different guy no varus is the uh the eunuch guy oh yes yeah the yeah, bald yeah, guy okay. yeah yeah i know he is yeah yeah all right that's i kind of wondered if that if that was who you were talking about uh yeah anyway so um moving on there's a couple of stories out this week about um apple has decided to delay some new features in ios um until later next year let's say until they you know, while they focus on performance and quality which is something we've been sort of harping about here on the show as well as probably in the social networks out there so have you guys had a look at any of these stories or heard any of these i'm sure they're all based on the same uh, bunch of stories right yeah I, I think it's a it's a great thing i mean it's, it, it kind of reminds me of when they did uh what was it snow leopard a few years back snow leopard yeah mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. very few new features but focus on fixing stuff and and i think ios needs that they've been moving pretty fast and you know releasing lots and lots of new features and uh, we've seen some of the quality issues popping up so it's time to kind of put the brakes on and just get things so they they just work again yeah it's true I've, I've heard it com- being compared to Snow Leopard, in fact, today. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the, the future of uh, the next next bunch of releases, let's put it that way, right? Yeah, and I think for me, we're largely talking about, you know, big user-facing features. I think the developer side of this is still kind of unknown. I mean, of course, if they don't have big user-facing features that therefore have some sort of developer-accessible API, that means it reduces the amount of stuff that um, could potentially come out of WWDC, let's say, for example. But it's not necessarily true that if they work on a lot of performance stuff that they won't have a whole, you know, bag full of goodies for us at WWDC, right? Because there's like a lot of stuff they can make developers' lives easier that they can do that would still be in the sort of mind frame of like, all right, let's not rock the boat too hard. Let's, you know, just polish this thing and, and make it really shine, I think is, is something that can still come in and happen. Yep. Yeah, and I think I've been pushing like... for what? Yep. Um, since Yosemite, well, after Yosemite, I think I was pushing for Snow Yosemite, which became Sierra, and then Snow Sierra, which became High Sierra. So, um, <laughs> 
if there's a corresponding slowdown on macOS, I think that would be much appreciated as well. Yeah, I think some of the things we're talking about that that have been problematic this year are like some of the login issues that people have been having, login flaws on on the Mac, and some of those um, missteps with uh, exposing passwords and things like that within the macOS um, system panels, like for user accounts and. Um, what was the last one? It was uh, not filed. By, oh, Apple. Something to do with Apple Pay or something like that. Um, I think the uh, one that Mark mentioned was the Apple Store. Or sorry, Apple the App Store, yeah. Store on the Mac. The Mac App Store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then as well, um, like apparently people are complaining about syncing text messages across multiple Apple devices, which mm. I hadn't really noticed myself, but I, I've heard people complaining about that, right? And so I guess some issues with Apple Pay Cash as well. Although we have, we don't have that up here yet. I don't. Think Wait. It, it, so that one. So I understand the the messages one because I think they just came out with the iCloud backed version and I could be totally right. wrong but the, that would supposedly solve the like oh I'm looking at this message on my Mac and I'm looking at or I'm looking at this um, thread this conversation on the Mac and I'm looking at my iPhone and it's completely different copies of stuff not only right. the order but the, the, the subset is different um, hmm. but it, you, you mentioned something some problem with Apple Pay Cash I've, I've not heard this this is the first time I've heard of it what what issues are people running into yeah I'm just reading here it says um, but, but, but where was it um, Apple's also publicly delayed a new iOS feature in recent months, including a feature that for synchronizing text messages across multiple Apple devices and its peer-to-peer payment system, Apple Cash. So I'm not saying what specifically about Apple Pay Cash, but uh, they delayed key iOS features in recent months. So I guess it took a while to come out or something like yeah, that? Yeah, it wasn't there on day one and was a couple of versions in, I think. Um, so that, yeah. that's fair. And, and maybe they're also talking about delays and moving it to other countries. Um, that's Possibly, a good yeah, question yeah. to me. Like, as far as I know, like while actually using the feature. It works like a champ. No no issues setting it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's two articles here. Let's see what the other one's... I just had a, a pretty one. bad issue pop up yesterday uh, in mail. When I open preferences, I just get a blank pane. Really? Yeah. Just oh, wow. Empty, empty screen, empty pane. So I can't do things like add rules to, for emails and things like that. I, I've done a search on this and, and this is a known problem. People have this problem. Uh, there's a few different solutions out there. I haven't, I haven't experimented yet to try to fix it yet. But yeah, so my mail is just broken. No amount of restarting will fix it. So even if you go, what about if you go into preferences and delete the com Apple tried, mail? I tried that. Some people have suggested yeah. that. I tried that. It didn't work for me. So do they have like a root, um, not a root cause, but like a root symptom? Like, oh, if you have like, you know, 10,000 emails or like, like no, I have, I've, well, I've, I've, I've not seen, seen, seen that yet. I've just, I've just seen various people with their anecdotal solutions and some of them, for some people, <laughs> deleting the preferences file works and others it doesn't and yeah. no clear. You dance back Backwards around the desk while slaughtering a chicken. Yeah, Does that exactly. work for you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So I think one thing I saw, and I don't know if it was in the Mac Rumors article that you've linked here, Tim, but certainly on some other site that was probably also reporting on this, they mentioned about, oh yeah, they've also delayed what was anticipated to be a visual refresh beyond the um, the iOS 7 heritage. You oh, really? Sort of the yeah. hint that I got. And I think if that's true, that's actually pretty good timing because I don't think that this year is a really, I'm not saying it's a bad year, but it's not necessarily a good year like there isn't like a huge driving reason for people to like all right remember how you revamped your entire visual design right around the six to seven time frame let's do it again Uh, unless there was something hugely compelling because i think what we want really is to have ios 11 to be as close to baseline for for most um most apps out there because of the stuff that we have in it like safe area right like i i think that the safe area sort of concept is really what the layout guides should have been from the start, right? Like Apple's sort of been refining its way. And I think if they were able to see the future, they would say, oh yeah, obviously we should do this safe area thing.
thing. So if people build their apps based on that, they'll be in a much happier, better place than they would be um, doing the slightly awkward, like, all right, if it's 10, use the top and bottom layout guides. If it's 11, all right, go ahead and use the safe area because it also accommodates new form factors like the iPhone 10. And I think if you give people just right. one more year to get to that time frame and, and make iOS 11 the baseline, people can purge their, you know, if available uh, iOS 10 sort of stuff. And I think it'll be easier because <laughs> I'm assuming like they'll use the safe areas or a concept in whatever their visual refresh is. And then it won't be quite as painful to migrate to whatever it is that Johnny Ive and company have in mind. That's sort of my two cents on, on the visual refresh being delayed. I'm, I'm not disappointed. Mm-hmm. In fact, I think it's a, a much better overall for everybody, Apple included. All right, cool. So let's talk about this. Uh, I, I guess it's time for the annual Apple is doomed conversation. Um, <laughs> we should start putting these on the calendar and then, <laughs> and then say, all right, well, it looks like in it's the month week of 12, January, yes, right around for the you know, third week of January, we should start talking about it, the Apple is doomed articles. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the one I've put here is uh, something that's near and clear, near and dear to my and Mark's heart, I think, is the fact that Apple stock price apparently is falling based on the high hopes for the iPhone 10 as, as the iPhone 10 sales falter, is what the article says here. But, you know, there's always going to be that mad rush for devices when they come out. I think that's true. And um, I will admit that I was actually surprised to find out how quickly you could get a phone, you know, somewhere through the, you know, mid-December, you could get one in two to three business days, or you'd probably walk up to the Apple store and buy one, you know, off the shelf kind of thing. Um, Whereas normally you would expect to wait a few weeks before that. So that may, and that may have been part of that um, double stage sales technique that they use where they sold the iPhone 8 for a while, and then they brought up the iPhone 10. It was delayed because of screens and other things, right? Um, so, but there, but every year we have this. We have you know there's a, there's a chunk of sales that there's a big spike at the beginning, and then it kind of um, kind of tails off. And so the, you know the 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 frenzy, the, the the social networks and the and the newspapers and news articles are all talking. Here the, I've got a link here from the Toronto Star, which again Carol left out for me the other day um, about Apple stock falling. And but I also read an article, or other article before the show, saying that um, the iPhone 10s is on the top sale top sale devices in the key markets around the world, like like US, UK, parts of Asia, and stuff like that as well, right? So mixed messages all around, right? Yeah. Well, you know, the stock dropping 6%, it, put that in perspective with the fact that it is dropping from an all-time high that it hit. Right, yeah. When it hit 180. And a lot of that high, that all-time high was in response to Apple announcing, well, we're not, not really announcing, but but uh, the, the rumors of what, what Apple will do with the, the benefit of the of the tax, the favorable tax. Oh, yeah, bringing the money back into the country. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there was a lot of talk about uh, one-time dividends or or increasing the dividends or stock buybacks, uh, which, you know, for people who are speculating, they hear those things and, oh, great time to buy the stock because all those things should drive the the price up even higher. Well, so of course the price went up and, you know, Apple hasn't done those things yet. Uh, So not only that, but a, but a reversion to the mean, you know, where, which says that, you know, if when something goes up, it's going to come down. uh, it's only down six percent, you know, from the all-time high. Yeah, it's not it's, a huge it's lot. Yeah, like yeah. it's down fifty percent. So I don't know. Well, who, I'm not. I'm not saying that there aren't issues with the iPhone 10. I don't know, but you know, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't get too excited about the about or, or too worried about the stock dropping. We'll see. Yeah, well, it's green on my phone. <laughs> Before we get into that, um, 
<laughs> it's it's so weird because oh, you know I didn't we, mean of that. we joked about the fact that every year there's like a like Apple is doomed. Apple is like slashing output or manufacturing output for some predict whatever yeah. that year's device is, um, and it's always weirdly inter like okay if they slash output you know right from the get go it's like holy smokes like we had all these millions of iPhones ready in September and nobody came nobody wanted any all right that's that's different than all right as they get closer in the year towards the next iPhone release, they've probably end up building whatever they need to build to sort of coast into that, right? Because the general public at this point has gotten pretty smart. Like, all right, there's a new iPhone sometime in fall. They may not know exactly when, like like we do, right? We know it's second week of September. Put it on the calendar. You might as well be ready to, to fly and go see that stuff, right? Um, and this year has been sort of weird and like, I don't even want to describe it. It's almost like psychotic when it comes to the news about this, where I'm looking at a line right here. It's like, investors have been counting on the iPhone 10 to be a huge hit despite its unprecedented start pr- starting price of a thousand dollars i'm like what since when everybody's complaining about how it's like a dumb move and it's way too expensive and who the hell is going to buy a thousand dollar phone and now suddenly it's uh oh no we thought it was going to be a huge hit you know because it, it yeah. seemed to be doing pretty well <laughs> it's like yeah. it's like did you forget what happened yesterday i mean what, i don't understand this like notion and i think that causes a lot of the sort of stock drama to happen around apple right um, yeah. so it's really weird I'm, I'm not saying that you know maybe it is true maybe, maybe it's like iphone 10 was maybe just like a bridge too far and they overstepped possible but we'll find out when they give the quarterly results and we'll be looking at the average selling price of iphones because they're not going to break it out they're not going to tell us but if it does a huge jump all of a sudden we'll say holy smokes they must have sold a whole bunch of iphone 10s yeah and i mean if they have cut the manufacturing down which is what one of the stories i read today was or one of the headlines i read today was that and and it makes sense to me like you know you're going to gear you're going to ramp up for the demand when the new device comes out and like i said before there's always a a huge demand with the the fanboys and the Christmas holidays and all that kind of stuff, and, and it's the new phone. And then I think any typically any sales kind of peter peter out for a little while. So you you if you're smart, you cut back the production. You don't keep making at that same pace that you expect to be selling you know, like like hotcakes, literally, right? So um, yeah, I, I'm not surprised by it. And and again, for me, Apple's a long term investment anyway, right? So you know, it's a great phone, notwithstanding my current dilemma with it. Um, you know, like I was really happy with it up until you know a couple of days ago which we'll talk about next right so yeah tim your your phone is uh walk the green mile apparently <laughs> yeah so yeah let's talk about that now so a couple of days ago i was just watching i was streaming a, a, a video to my apple tv so my my screen was black on my phone because it was you know busy, busy doing a, the quick time thing right um and all of a sudden the screen got really bright and i looked over to it and just along the left edge and it's not right at the very edge but it's maybe a one or two pixels in there's a green line that runs from top to bottom and it's bright it's like a hundred percent green like it's like the the screen brightness is all the way up and it's like there's like a dead pixel or something and um so you know basically called up or i I opened up a chat session with apple and started chatting with the young man on the phone on the the thing he made me you know wipe my phone and um which is how i learned the thing about the the multiple volume button pushing nonsense to get it to go into into recover mode um we then basically restored the phone and restored it from backup and uh, unfortunately I had just done a backup before I called them because I, I've played this game with Apple many times before and yeah so now I've got to go in tomorrow I've got an appointment with the geniuses at the genius bar and I, I I'm, I'm, you can imagine me doing air quotes for that um, but yeah I have to go in and justify this that they need to give me a new phone because I just paid a lot of money for this hunk of crap right anyway so yesterday I was I was googling around uh, and I thought well let me just see if how common 
this problem is. And apparently, since like in November at the time, there were, and when the phone first came out, there were people who almost immediately had this green line problem. And uh, in fact, uh, Samsung, who makes these OLED displays, also had the same problem on one of their one of their own Samsung Galaxy line phones, where this same green line appears um, for them as well, right? So, and I think I've yeah I've posted uh, the link here in the show notes, for, and this is an article from back in November 2017, and you can see a picture of what the what the bar looks like on the screen. I posted a picture to Twitter, of course, as well. So, uh, and it's yeah, if the screen goes to sleep, it you know the line goes away as soon as you wake it up. You know, it goes up, and it's and it's kind of like the green. <laughs> it's not like just the green bar, but my whole screen is kind of like um, got a greenish tint to it. So it's certainly nothing you could live with if you had this phone for sure. So kind of annoying. Yeah, that's a that's a real bummer. Um, I was kind of curious, like what the root cause of that is. Is it just like a manufacturing weirdo thing? Is it um, I mean, oh. given the, the time of year and given, let's say, for example, where you live, like it's it's really freaking cold, right? Like I wonder yeah, if the, I don't the know. OLEDs I mean, are like more susceptible to cold damage. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, I, I tend to keep the phone, you know, um, sheltered in my pocket, as it were. I don't, unless I'm walking around, you know, um, yeah, I suppose that could be part of it. But I mean, like you could, if you can imagine all along the edge and all along the top, there's like a whole array of little connections. And it's kind of like, the, you know, like from, from top to bottom, um, there's got to be some sort of current running through there or, or some sort of circuitry running through there. And it's kind of like like a bad or cold solder or something the equivalent of that's causing this this uh, one um, line of pixels to just fire constantly, right? So um, so it's kind of breaking it from top to bottom. So it's, it's probably like a bad, bad connection or, you know, it's come un- unlaminated or whatever. And it's not like my, my, you know, my phone has got like, I've got a glass, you know, protector on the front of it. And it's also inside a, a shockproof uh, case. So it's not like I've been throwing my phone around. Right. So in fact, I'm just looking at here on the, on the, on the, one of the screenshots here, the, the, one of the cases that that's in this, in this article is exactly the same case that I'm using. Right. So yeah, I don't know. I wasn't even touching the phone when it happened. So who knows? Crazy. Hmm, wait a minute. Now you've made me think of something different. Now I'm starting What's to wonder that? if like material differences are starting to come into play. How's that? So are you going to say I'm holding it wrong? No. So to be clear, before I start down my <laughs> completely unqualified ramble here, um, yeah. it is absolutely not your fault because whatever Apple designs, it should be made to reasonably work within, you know, zones where people Certain tend quality. to live, yeah, right? Of course, it's not yeah. like Toronto's in Antarctica, right? right. It, it, it's normal temperature that it runs through. I'm not saying you should, oh yeah, I should just be able to leave that sucker in like an ice chest and just mm-hmm. come out <laughs> overnight and, and pick it up and start going with it, you know? and using it um but i wonder if you know it's got metal you know it's thinking about it's 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 housing it's metal with glass touching it and then now you've got like plastic i wonder again coming well, it's back also to, on the curved edge of the it's also and most of these scratch that i'm seeing it's like on the curved edge right yeah so Nobody i wonder else. if there's like some thermal expansion and contraction sort of thing going on um again given the time of the year given kind of temperatures and then having these different materials doing different things um tossing Maybe it out pressure there from the, baseless yeah, pressure speculation but pressure from the battery expanding and this is like an early sign of it or something you know mm-hmm. <laughs> who knows the shadow knows yeah tim just don't bite your phone like the yeah i saw that <laughs> that one that one guy in china who bit his replacement battery to see yeah. if it was legit i guess I, oh did he really i, I don't I, that was the reported reason why he i mean i can't think of many good reasons to bite a phone battery but checking yeah. to see if it's legitimate versus some sort yeah. of cheap knockoff i guess is is about as good as it gets i i guess you can bite them like you can bite you know currency you know hard cold cash currency to see if it's legitimately made out of whatever metal it is mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I would not recommend that one because as the video shows, like it exploded in his face quite, um, quite theatrically. Yeah. Too. It was like a Michael Bay movie moment. <laughs> like, did it not take his like jaw off or kind of wonder, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm guessing he just like put enough pressure on it to puncture the, uh, why the lithium ion battery? battery? Like, what are you crazy? It's kids nowadays. He's crazy kids. Eating their damn yeah. Tide Pods and their, <laughs> their yeah. iPhone batteries. <laughs> Tide Pods. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who knows? Well. Maybe they'll give you a new battery while they're at it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I've had I've had my entire phone replaced. I I think I told you guys before I had an iPhone 5s with the audio jack. Just one day, just stopped working altogether. I went to the Apple store and they just handed me a new phone. Right. So lesson lesson to lesson to the kids out there listening or those who are driving at home. You back up your iPhone before you go into the Apple store because <laughs> you may be walking out with a brand new one. Yeah, that's happened to me twice. One was yeah. one was when I had the swollen battery. I just replaced yeah. it. The other time was many years ago. I had the uh, the mute rocker switch on the left side right. snap off. Oh, really? Yep. And they replaced it. Like just the fall off. It just snapped right off. Cracked. Broke. Oh. broke off. That, I believe that was my iPhone 4. It was a long time ago. Hmm. Might have been made before that. Might have been reading or not. But it was a long time ago. But they fixed it. Yeah, things that just, they, they fixed it or they gave you a new phone? Oh, they gave me a new phone. Yeah, yeah. And I think Apple's pretty good about that in my experience. If it's clearly a manufacturing problem, yeah. it's yeah. a defect. They'll just replace it. Yeah, usually when, I, when I've gone into the Apple store in the past... Um, um, yeah, I just, uh, you know, they, they say, can we take it in the back? And they take it in the back and then they bring you a new phone, right? So Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm just looking here on, um, I mean, I'm looking on, uh, there's an article on Mac Rumors that says the same thing. Let me, same bunch of series of shots, but they've got the, they've got a, a close-up picture of the LED, um, the uh, LED screen up close, like showing the, the various pixels, the red, green, and blue pixel, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the iPhone 10 has a new, yeah, let me just paste this in link in the notes. This, so you this can looks look more it. to me like a problem with the driver, what's called the row column driver and yeah. the display itself. Yeah. If it were the display, you'd, you'd so, well, again, I'm not an expert in stuff, but you'd kind of, if it were the display, you'd kind of expect random pixels to be right, right, be yeah. Bad. But since it's just the whole line, the way these things work is there's, it's, it, there's a, it, like you were saying earlier, Tim, there's, there's kind of a grid of these things. And, yeah. And the way they decide what pixels get turned on is, is they have, uh, it's basically addressable. So they send a certain code down to, to the, to the driver and it, Mm-hmm. It decodes that code into what what row and what column should be lit up. Yeah, and in this case, it looks like an entire column is being lit up when it should be. Now, why that happens? It could be a logic problem, or it, it could be the fact that it's on the edge. Maybe implies that you know there's some the, the voltage isn't getting to the right place. You know, because it's on the edge or something like that. That's a very loose description. Uh, but but it feels to me more like a, a driver problem, a display problem. But who knows? Yeah, I had a I used to have a I had a MacBook. Where was it? At uh, Wall Street, I remember the Wall Street G3s. Um, it had a it had a problem with the video cable, very which showed up very similar to this. And you could you could squish the side of the screen, and it would kind of go away for a while, right? But I eventually got that one replaced on Apple Care as well, but um or under the Apple Care warranty. But the um yeah that makes sense. And and what they wanted me to do was they wanted to make sure I was running the latest OS, and they wanted to make sure that you know I you know reinstall the OS just to I guess to make sure that it wasn't a software related issue, right? Mm-hmm. As you're as you're implying there. Right. Well, I'm not saying it's necessarily software. Well, it could be, it could, could be, be something chip. in the chip. The chip. Yeah, yeah, it could be. Yeah, it could be something in the chip. Could be, but it could have been software. Who knows? Could right. Been, like, could be you, software. If it was software, you'd sort of expect more people to be seeing it. Though. Yeah, it's funny. Somebody or um, Justin Stanley said it looks like you're you're like an old photocopier where you know how they you have the green scan bar yeah, that used to go across. Right. Yeah. That's what it looks like. Yeah. So yeah. it's very retro. Yeah. It's not what I want to see on my iPhone 10, but it is very retro. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it hasn't stopped me from using the phone. I, I've been carrying 
staring around my iPhone 6 thinking any minute now I'm just going to pop the SIM out and throw it in the iPhone 6. But I have it hasn't come to that just yet. But we'll see what happens tomorrow when I go to Apple Store. But yeah, like I said, they'll probably just give me a new phone. Yeah, this won't stop you from talking on the phone. No, yeah. No, unfortunately, I still have to do that today, too. Yeah. And taking pictures, too. Like, you know, it's not stopping that kind of stuff as well. But yeah, it's just super, super annoying. You know? Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. So I guess that's it for the show. So let's move on to our picks. And how many do you have a pick for us? I do. It's a website called iOSref. That's I-O-S-R-E-F dot com, mm-hmm. created and maintained by Eugene Belinsky. Kind of a nice little collection of a whole bunch of other docs and information you might want. So, uh, mm-hmm. like the resolution by device. So if you're wondering, like, is an iPhone SE the same as a 5S, 5C, and 5? I can mm-hmm. tell you, yes, it is. Uh, and you can see how that <laughs> sort of breaks down for devices. And some of this information came up sort of today, uh, even at work, which is like, oh, um, you know, we, we dropped the iPhone 4S because we moved from 9 to 10 as our baseline. What about things like the 5s and what about things like the SE? And looks like the SE is going to be here uh, for quite a while because iOS 11 is available for that. Um, But the 5 and 5C will drop um, once 11 becomes the baseline. The 5S uh, apparently was hanging on for dear life there, even though it came out in 2013. Yeah, and we we talked about before, like we were were trying to guess, you know, what, how many phones there have been, you know, since the dawn of time and like 2006 seven was the first generation iPhone. I'm looking at the uh, RAM and processor by device chart. So then we went to the iPhone, the iPhone 3G, then the 3GS, the 4, 4S, 5, 5C and 5S came out at the same time. And then, we, so we were trying to, remember, we were trying to figure out which, which phone this was. And so, I mean, the mm-hmm. iPhone 10 technically came out in the 10th year. So, but it's like one, two, three, 18, 19, 20 phones, 20 phones, really. Yeah. yeah Cause there's a lot of like 19 phones, offshoots, yeah. you know, like, well, this year had two Two models. This year had two yeah. models for a different reason. This one has three year, uh, three models in this year. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So there is that information. There's links to you know App Store uh, and review and marketing guidelines, uh, even to other tools that we've talked about in this very show, like um, WTF Auto Layout or Why the Failure Auto Layout mm-hmm. uh, and mm-hmm. his date formatter. Uh, you know the official uh, Swift docs and all sorts of things. So mm-hmm. probably one to bookmark so you don't have to go googling for these things when you need to answer a question. As I did today of like, oh, are we going to have to still deal with this form factor? And it was like, yep, we are for the foreseeable future. Right, so right. Th- in this iOS version by device chart that you were just talking about, Javi, it would be really great if they also added 32-bit and 64-bit. Yeah. Uh, oh, for yeah, example, yeah. iOS 10 will run on a 5 if you are building in using a 32-bit architecture as well as a 64-bit architecture. But if you're only using a 64-bit architecture, it won't run on, or your app at least won't run on a 5. Yeah, he does have, a, does have a RAM and processor by device, but it doesn't make the distinction clear about 32 versus 64 bit. Right, right. Well, looks like his Twitter handle is at Eugene Belinsky. So <laughs> maybe I'll be tweeting him and be line, like, yo, yeah. got an idea for you. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's cool. So it's also got stuff on Swift guides and Swift versions. It's got a Swift 4 cheat sheet if you're looking for something like that as well. Mm-hmm. Have Good old um, Objective-C block syntax. Yeah, which still makes me scratch my head. Um, hmm. there's, there's another website that has something similar to the this uh, block syntax, but it has a name that we can't say in company. Yeah, does it have, <laughs> not, like, doesn't have a safe safe for work. Uh, something like that. Yeah, there's there's two of them. Is usually they have two names. They have one not safe for work and one safe for work uh, name. Yeah, they buy the <laughs> the safe for work friendly URL yeah, yeah, as yeah. well. Even 
though nobody yeah. ever thinks of it that way when they're using it on Twitter. That's right. true. I, I didn't think why the failure was WTF myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is WTFautolayout.com, so. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It's fun to say WTF. <laughs> All right. Uh, so I guess that's it for the week then. Hmm? Indeed. Yeah. All right. So, Hame, if people want to find you on the interwebs, where would they look? I'm on Twitter as at Dev with the hair. Um, and Mark, if you want to get in touch with you. Mark R at smapsoft.com. All right. And uh, my name is Timitra, T-I-M-M-I-T-R-A on the Twitter machine. And just before we go, I just wanted to mention we are now on Google Play. I was at a hackathon on um, the weekend and one of the young coders that works with me was we started talking about the podcast and, and he sort of said, oh, and he came back to me a few minutes later and he says, I can't seem to find you on Google Play. So I didn't even know Google Play was such a thing. So Google Play Music, right? And uh, so they ho- they just like Apple iTunes, they, they host your stream and they, they publish it out there. So mm. I took the time to put SpotCast and um, um, more than just code on Google Play now. So another place people can look for us. I think, I mean, you were saying, I think a lot you know, when we first started up, you had some friends on Android were looking for us, right? Um, yeah, well, because, well, it was at a different point in time because at that point in time, Google Play did not yet support podcasts sort of natively as they do, I don't know, for the last two years. I don't think it's been very long. Um, you know, of course, we've had iTunes has been sort of like the master directory for, for all things yeah. podcast. Um, mm-hmm. And Google wa- sort of wanted its own and... I think I'd even asked you when you uh, texted me or something about it. I was like, oh, just to be clear, uh, yeah. I know that they've crawled the iTunes directory so you can ask yes. your Google Home oh. to play MTJC since whenever the Google Home came out. Um, really? But oh. what I'm hearing is this is like official actual entries in the Google Play uh, directory itself. So we're, we're more inclusive. We're, we're allowing, you know, Android folks to have a much easier time rather than adding the uh, direct RSS link. They can just use their favorite, uh, I don't know, podcatcher, I guess, for lack of a better term on uh, Google yep. Play. Yeah. Well, we were using uh, we were using FeedBurner for a while, but it looks like FeedBurner hasn't has stopped cataloging things a while ago, right? Um, unless they changed their policy or something. Because I see the last episode here was from June of 2017 was the last episode on FeedBurner because that's what we were using to feed our our Android buddies if they weren't coming through the web, right? Right. So, right. Yeah. So you can listen on iTunes, Google Play, FeedBurner, iTunes. We're also on TuneIn Radio and Stitcher, I believe, right? So, yep. Got about just about all of them. Now we just need to get invited by Spotify and yeah. whatever the Windows world does. I heaven only knows what they use. Yeah. Does Spotify do a website or a podcast as well? They do, but I think they it's like on an invite-only basis, a very uh, premium sort of thing. Yeah, I guess so. So like, you know, the Dan Benjamins and the Leo Lepores of the world and the, the NPRs, of course, you know, that sort of thing. Right, right. Huh. All right, well, I guess that's it. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. If you want to find out more about the podcast or see the episode show notes, visit the More Than Just Code website at mtjc.fm. You can get in touch with us on the website or follow us on Twitter at mtjc underscore podcast. If you have feedback or questions, send us a tweet with the hashtag AskMTJC. If you like the show, please consider recommending us to a friend, writing a review on iTunes, or pledging any amount on patreon.com slash mtjc. You can find out the details on how to help us out on our website at mtjc.fm slash sponsor us. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again next time.
going through the um, the end of the show stuff, I realized, yeah, we didn't talk about the HomePod this week. Oh, Whoops. yeah, I meant to talk about that. I, so, <laughs> I think that says just about everything we need to know about the HomePod. <laughs> the fact well, that it completely eclipsed our minds. I do have one question. I was gonna I was gonna ask you guys this. I was actually just gonna put HomePod question mark there. So I, I've I've not really been following the reviews of it, but is it just a music player? Is that what it's for? Certainly seems like, as if Apple is heavily positioning it as a um, uh, quality speaker and coincidentally also uh, voice control and home kit sort of stuff. So they're, they're, they're pushing that message a lot. They had um, at least a couple different commercials in the Grammys and the Grammys that just happened this weekend. Um, you know, it's interesting. So I, so I bought one. Um, okay. doesn't yeah. arrive until where's calendar, not this Friday, but the following Friday, the February 9th. And it was interesting. So it was so weird because they, they didn't really like announce a time it was going to be available for pre-ordering. So that whatever Thursday or was uh, the 20 January 25th going into the 26th uh, around midnight Pacific. I was waiting there. I was like, Hmm, the Apple store is still up. That's kind of weird. And after about half an hour, I said, I don't think it's going to happen right now. Hmm, so weird. I'm just going to go to bed because I don't, I'm not going to stay up for eight hours hoping that this thing becomes available. And I woke up around eight o'clock, maybe eight 30 in the morning the next day on, you know, on the 26th on the 26th when it was available and it looked like people on Twitter had already been buying home pods for the last couple hours, at least as far as I was willing to go back on Twitter. So, um, I went yeah. online, I chose the white home pod and added it to my bag and it's going to deliver on day one. So certainly not like the same sort of experience you would have with an iPhone. I'm completely unclear as to when exactly, um, you know, time-wise it went available, but it really doesn't even matter because a couple hours later it was still available in stock. So I don't well, know they if that's... down the iPhone 10 production so they could ramp up the iPhone, the HomePod. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, they've also, to be fair to them, because it, it doesn't mean like gloom and doom necessarily. It's They've also had a couple more months of extra time to produce the thing. Right. Um, so well, as far as we too, know, though. the delay was software-based and not hardware-based. Yeah. Actually, we didn't talk about it last week, but I did have a link in the, I think I actually linked it in the show notes. There is a SDK for the HomePod, but it's it's uh, it's not out yet, but there is a link on their, their page for it. Yeah. So people. far, we've seen that it's like Siri kit based. So hypothetically, yeah. it would just work if you already have a Siri kit based integration within your, your app. Yeah. Siri kit for um, HomePod, it's called. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. I mean, I, I don't have, um, I don't really have any great speakers in the house. Um, mm-hmm. So, I, you know, like I don't have like a Sonos or any of those kind of competitors. So I'm assuming that this is going to knock my socks off because, yeah. I mean, it's kind of disappointing. Like I, I can only imagine what's going on behind the scenes because they're shipping two months late. And, yeah. oh, by the way, it's also missing, like, major features such as uh, AirPlay 2. Uh, and the fact that it doesn't have AirPlay 2 means that it can't do the, um, like, the stereo speaker setup where you can have two of them and they communicate with each other to give you the best audio experience. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's a real bummer. Uh, but I'm assuming that they're just, like, they're on fire. And they're like, all right, we have to cut scope until we can get this thing to ship already. Right, right. We'll see what happens. I've, uh, I'll look forward to it. I'll see what it can do, um, even in sort of a more limited capacity and i'm probably going to actually sign up for apple music sometime this week or so or maybe <laughs> early next week since it essentially yeah. requires an apple music account to be you know very very useful and i've been saving up my pennies for this i have itunes um itunes uh what is it, a gift card or if itunes balance available to start paying down the like 9.99 a month or whatever it is so which buckethead albums are you going to buy with your itunes gift card money? see i don't have to because if i for the low low price of 9.99 a month i can stream all of them. Uh, I have access to the entire uh, discography, I, I hope. 
at least whatever's on there. Buckethead actually yeah. has several hundred albums, so they're probably, they're probably <laughs> not all on there. Really? Yep. Oh, yep. several hundred. Yeah, so he yeah. has his sort of uh, mainline releases, of which there's probably around 10 or so. But for the past few years, he's been releasing these things that he calls Pikes. I don't know where the name comes from, but it's every few weeks he just releases a digital album of just whatever new music he's been playing for the past few weeks. Wow. Yeah. So I think one crazy. of the first things I want to try with it is doing, you know, one of the things I liked about the Siri integration with Apple Music back in, what, 2015, when we had the free free trial, was asking it to do things like, you know, give me the best of this decade or give me the top hits from, you know, this particular person. I'm hoping I can ask it something like, you know, play the Grammy winners because I, I saw the Grammys. And it seems like a not light hard of a list to, to acquire and have as a playlist somewhere. It doesn't seem unreasonable for them to be like, all right, obviously that Bruno Mars song should be on there because it won best, best record, I think, and, and others like that. Yeah, that seems like yeah, these- a fairly uh, obvious thing for them to do, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure if you if you Googled uh, you know, Grammy winners, is probably can give you a whole list. So it's it shouldn't be hard to connect that to uh, you know to just creating auto creating a playlist. You would think, mm, right? Anyway. Yeah. Now I'm gonna have to find room in my living room as to where I'm gonna put this thing. <laughs> <laughs> just talking about doing a like a triangle formation because it's like the the echo is sort of in the like the the center of one wall, and then on the other wall is the TV and then behind is a like a what do they call it like a buffet table so like you come in and you can throw your keys we have other stuff on there yep. um, mm-hmm. and the Google Home is there right now but I think considering the way I use the home it's more TV aligned I'll probably move that towards the TV and have the home pod behind me so it can boom the music through the rest mm-hmm. of the not only the rest of the living room but probably also has a chance of kicking up audio upstairs and having echo up here why would you just buy like a whole bunch of them and put them all around the house at the low low price of three forty nine ninety nine US. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. See that was that well, was exactly so I, my I, point. That's exactly my point. I'm like, all right, so Apple made a high premium one. That's great for V one. Next year you absolutely need a, a cheaper one. It doesn't have to be cheap. It can't be yeah. necessarily Echo Dot like a mini. twenty nine yeah, ninety nine yeah. cheap or Google Home yeah. Mini nine twenty nine ninety nine. Like this is Apple. They're not gonna break sub hundred. But at least make it right. you know like one twenty nine, something you might reasonably have multiple even if you don't have one per room. Yeah. Especially I if you heard, can have I heard somewhere airplane. that you could have two of them and, and it'll automatically do stereo separation as well. So well, be- in the upcoming update. Right. Originally, it was what? when they announced it, that was one of the things that was cool about it, that they would talk to each other and kind of figure right. out what the optimal stereo distribution would be. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like from what you're saying, I mean, that this won't be happening in this version. Not not on day one. So, I mean, yep. just like, um, you know, we had cool new stuff come out in iOS 11.2 and more stuff in 11.3. I'm assuming they're going to do it like a month or two, maybe a couple months after that later update so sometime before you know ios 12 comes out and hopefully before wwdc um but they've also got some cool stuff so i've been seeing reading some reviews i want to say it was like a serenity caldwell one but don't quote me on that where it has an accelerometer in it so you know that little cool setup it does where all right i put it here in the room and it's gonna do whatever acoustic sort of sampling it does to figure out how it wants to shape the audio to give you the best experience apparently it will rerun that if it figures out that you picked it up and put it somewhere else and they're using the accelerometer for that. Mm. So that's kind of nice that you don't have to like, all right, let me pull up my phone, go into like audio settings and like oh, reinitialize or anything. That's one of those uh, delight moments, I think, that, that are good. Mm-hmm. Cool. 
See Mark just kicking back there like Susan Care. <laughs> Susan Care. Uh, she's the lady who designed the original icons on the her first Mac. Uh, I'll get you a picture of her. I knew who she was, Mark but I didn't famous. know the reference. Is she is she like in a famous photo, like leaning back or something? Hang on, <laughs> I'm getting it for you. You know, a lot of the folks from that era seem to have these weird photos. Like uh, the one from Steve Jobs you chose for last week's episode was really good. Yeah. Um, of course, Bill Gates has his weird, like, sexy boy pose one from around that same time period. Yeah. I was going to, uh, there's a paste it in the chat there in the thing. Oh, let me record here. Oh, there we go. Yeah, I actually have seen this one. I forgot about this one. <laughs> <laughs> Holy smokes, I sit in that, I sit like that in chairs sometimes. It's probably rather unhealthy. <laughs> I sit on couches like that with my leg over the arm, you know, whatever, but yeah. Yeah, sure. I mean, yeah. couches are kind of made for that. Like I've sat in chairs like that and it's it's not healthy, I'm sure, for posture, but it's probably also not good for like taking chances with it breaking on you or something. Yeah, yeah. So I wonder what those three Macs behind her are worth now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so This must have been like 1986 or 1988, something like that. Yeah. Well, I'm Maybe saying, yeah, earlier, actually. Yeah, yeah. Well, you can probably tell by the books that are on the shelf, right? But yeah. Yeah, and it's funny because, you know, what? I don't know if you ever saw pictures of the Apple campus that they used to have at uh, Infinity Loop when they had the, when before in the days when you could actually go into the, the grassy area in the middle, they had like large cutouts of her icons there mm-hmm. and uh, they're gone now because when I, when I went, I didn't see them or at least I didn't see them when I went through like recently. Google but... uh, Android statues. Yeah, like mm-hmm. that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the ones they have on the campus? On the campus, yeah, there's a bunch of statues of all their Google uh, flavors. Oh, is there like, oh, you Android mean like the, the Kit Kat and yeah. all that kind of stuff? Yeah. 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 I'll go take a picture for you guys. How's the so, Spockcast going? Spockcast? That's going okay. Yeah? Yeah, we've got a couple more episodes of... Um that's, I mean, it's not. I mean, in terms of growing audience and stuff like that, it's pretty. It's holding pretty steady. It hasn't really sort of hit hit its stride yet. Yeah. So, but I think it's kind of. I think we found that when we weren't really watching the first six months of um, more than just code until I think we started looking at stats. We started in um, August. We started looking at stats around November. So, and it was. I can't remember the, the numbers specific. I probably can go, I've got a spreadsheet somewhere where I can go back and look. But I think we're around. We're not. We haven't quite hit. Uh, I think we're about sixty regular users now. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's small, small early days yep. early days yeah. so and, and i think a lot of people like we had greg on the show you know talking to him last week and he doesn't he doesn't listen to the podcast because he knows we we spoil the hell out of the show right so he hasn't started watching the show yet so which show? doesn't want to it's bit, well we talk about um star trek discovery oh okay and the orville right so and i think you watch you watched the first two episodes i think they were when they were available right of which um, discovery yeah i watched you watch one episode there was only one episode available oh one okay yeah yeah, yeah. so i mean yeah i stopped watching you, orville because it kind of sucks yeah well it was kind of our our impression too it was yeah. it, orville was hit and miss it wasn't it wasn't great television you yeah. know it was good mm-hmm. good television but it was great i mean kind of it you you kind of expect seth mcfarlane has probably painted himself into a corner with his kind of shows right well it, it's expect- not it's not really a seth mcfarlane kind of show you know yeah yeah but so, which yeah he should stick to what he's good at <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 it's true that's true like even like his some of his movies are, are pretty good i mean there was the episode where he had um Charlize Theron on was a pretty good one. Um, they've they've had some interesting ones, and, and there's they've had some real duds too, right? So, so we've uh, as Mark's on the line, we've got the Super Bowl coming up. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So disappointed to see the Jaguars not win. That I'll be honest, yeah. <laughs> I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna, not even gonna pretend. I was like, oh, they 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 were so close, so frustratingly close. 
Um, but the Patriots did a good job. Yeah. Did a good job in keeping on that. Yeah, it was a really good game. Um, you know, it was it was looking pretty dicey when Gronkowski went out and and uh, you know they, and they were down going into the fourth quarter again. But uh, you know, it's uh, it's the Patriots. They figure out how to win. Usually, not always. Yeah, Las Vegas has them by four against Philadelphia, mm-hmm. according to this. So should be hopefully a good game. It sounds like it'll be a close game. Should be a good game. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, the, the Eagles don't really have a top tier quarterback these days, but their backup has done pretty decently well the past couple of games. Uh, we'll see what happens if he can keep it up. It's it's you know who knows. There's a reason he's not a he wasn't a starting quarterback, right? So who knows? We'll see. Yeah, I'm I'm expecting a, a Patriots victory to be honest, and maybe a Brady retirement. I mean, Brady I was going to go out. Oh no, Brady's not. Gonna he still has the ability to go more, but like yeah, no, he's he's at what point do you call it quits? Well, he said he wants to play till he's 45. He's publicly said that. So. What's his age now? He's, for reference? 40. He's 40 right now. Okay, so another so, five years? Yeah, and, I mean, who knows how long his skills will hold up, but, you know, as long as they will, I think he'll keep playing. He's not going to, he's not going to, you know, retire and quit while he still has anything still left in him. Hmm. He's just that wow. too competitive. There was that whole, uh, you know, Belichick versus Brady thing over the whole Garoppolo trade, which who knows whether that was a real kerfuffle or whether it was a, just a media thing. Did you guys hear about this? Yeah. Um, what was that? So, so kind of unexpectedly, in the about two thirds into the season, the Patriots traded their backup quarterback, uh, which was a guy named Jimmy Garoppolo, to the 49ers. and he's and he did great for the end of the of the year. He was phenomenal. Um, mm-hmm. So, 49ers look you know have look like they've got a quarterback now. But he was really meant to be the the guy to take over when Brady retires, especially since the third string quarterback they traded him as well uh, at the beginning of the year. So, so. Uh, Patriots, it kind of looked like they were giving away their future for getting very little in return. I mean, they they really don't have a viable stand-in now, or not a, they, they they've got a stand-in. This guy Brian Hoyer, who he's he's you know he's okay for a game or so, but he's certainly not going to be the guy taking over for Brady. So anyway, so there was a big media thing about how uh, there was apparently there was a there was a blow-up between Brady wanted Garoppolo to go and Belichick didn't because he wanted him to be the next in line, and Robert Kraft, who is the owner of the Patriots side with Brady and supposedly Belichick was pissed off about that and so the speculation that Belichick will leave and you know who knows who knows if any of it's true they're, everyone's denying everything and, and it doesn't seem to have affected the way they're playing so who knows yeah we'll just, right. we'll just have to wait and see yeah I think the Patriots are the perfect example to me where I don't really put a lot of stock in um, locker room chemistry that's right like yeah, I feel like yeah. it gets blamed like oh like it's chemistry I'm like mm, no winning solves chemistry problems right <laughs> the for, Patriots for have had we know they released that rumor as a leak to make uh, to make other teams underestimate them <laughs> to give them an advantage <laughs> that would be a belichick thing to do right right yeah yeah well tim i i, I think you should uh, you should watch for the at least the commercials and and you might be seeing um history being made there in terms of what uh so brady has four super bowl rings right oh i see what you mean <laughs> wait no wait does he have four I'm, I'm ashamed that i don't know this off the top of my head uh aren't there two brady's he may even have five Let's does he already have five he won in 2001 2003 2004 2010 2013 yeah five. Oh wait a minute no five. did they lose in 2000? so he's so been, he's definitely as a quarterback that... been to the most yes because uh, they've lost against lost. the giants twice yeah so while he's thinking about that so here's what happens in Canada. We they show the Super Bowl and they pick up the American feed and they they show us the game 
And every time there's a commercial on, they slip in a Canadian commercial instead of the U.S. ones. Mm. So we don't, for all the money that the advertisers in the United States put into Super Bowl commercials, we don't get to see a single one during their broadcast. Wow. Well, they're all on. There was something weird on, um, I think I was using the Roku to watch the HD stream from Fox. Mm -hmm. And it was so weird because during the commercial times, they would show nothing. It was, well, it was just like. Really? The Fox logo. Like, we'll be back in a few minutes. I'm like, what? What is this of like i understand the rights might be different and maybe nobody wanted to pay but you're just going to have essentially dead air for the yeah. three minutes yeah. for commercials that's good that's dumb yeah yeah well rogers is smart when they when you can you can watch they call it video on demand like if you miss a show you can go back and watch it on rogers on demand and what they do is they disable the fast forward button and they leave the commercials in right so yeah we get that on comcast too but uh, yeah tom brady has won five he won in super bowl 36 or against the rams 36 38 against uh, Carolina, 39 against the Eagles, yeah. uh, 49 against, uh, who, who is that against, Tommy? 49, do you remember who they beat in that one? Uh, I think uh, I that, can okay, probably guess. The Seahawks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's not my team. <laughs> and then the 51. The Toronto Maple Leafs? The Falcons just last year. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so never mind, Tim. So uh, he already has five. So already is the uh, the history for that. Yeah. But what you will see is the piling on of it because I don't think anyone, you know, there is a one for the thumb sort of thing that organizations mm. have, and the oh, yeah. Steelers have uh, six Super Bowl victories. Um, oh, so he needs more fingers. But well, no, no individual. So that's a, a on a team franchise basis. Like no individual has as many Super Bowl rings, um, like right. as the starting but a quarterback as Tom Brady. Right. I think Charles Haley has five because he had split between the yeah, Cowboys right. and the 49ers, yeah. but I don't think anybody has six. Well, mm. players, so this would... no, but Belichick does because he was a coach for, of course, all the Patriots wins, and he was on a couple of those Giants teams as an assistant coach. Where they oh, okay, there you go. Back in the you know Lawrence Taylor days. Right, but in terms of like same position, it would still hold true that right. yep. he would have the most of like everybody. So there you go, Tim. The history being made there, and it, it seems almost impossible that anybody could could match that record that's an insane record yeah it is an insane right, record. Right. there you go to right. well, the head coach and quarterback like even if you have yeah. to watch weirdo local canadian shows you should watch uh or, or commercials <laughs> you should watch that happen yeah well you would think that like you know considering the amount of people who actually watch that thing that the canadians would put some effort into the commercials they show right like if they're going to slip the canadian commercials and at least go and spend some money on them right they just show i the mean they're not going to get the same market is that what they do what's that they just show the same old tim horton's commercial or something yeah no oh actually actually oh here i saw this today i gotta tell you about this story so um uh a friend of mine, Ashfro, is from New Brunswick, right? And so he was looking at his local news today in, in New Brunswick, and apparently a, a man and a woman robbed an RBC bank today, right? And they got caught by the police when they pulled into the Tim Hortons drive-through. <laughs> <laughs> That is ridiculous. That needs like a conspiracy investigation because there's got to be like yeah. crack cocaine in it or something. Like there's something that's yeah. not normal. Oh, in the human. coffee, you mean? <laughs> <laughs> that's the only reason I can think for people to drink it. Yeah, no, it was it was it was hilarious. It was uh, so I was driving to work today. I saw that uh, driving my bus to the work today, and he posted that. So I'll put a, I'll put a link in the show notes for people. But anyway, all right. Well, uh, talk to you guys next time. All right. <laughs> talk all to right, you later. Bye. bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.